0: Tastemakers, not your typical run-of-the-mill stories. We're putting a spotlight on movers and shakers from everyday heroes, social stars to A-list celebs, and what's going down on campus. That's right. If you've never tuned into the show before, this is the part where I get to chat to really incredible people every single night. I've got some fire guests and I love a Monday because I love some women of inspiration. And that is my guest tonight. Her name is Kanye Isama who is a health rights attorney and an activist at the Law Center Section 27. She's got a BCom Law and an ILB degree from Rhodes University currently busy with her masters busy busy lady <laughs> and she this year got the 2023 Mail and Guardian 200 young south africans award she was also a nelson mandela a washington fellow look there is just so much to unpack with <laughs> kanisa how are you doing welcome to the show thanks girl. <laughs> i'm
1: well thank you thank you so much
0: <laughs> for joining me you've you've done a
1: lot yeah, yeah, I'm it trying. And you've you, you've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, you know. As a young black woman in South Africa, you have to take all the opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when away.
0: you studied law, did you know? Did you always know it was gonna be law?
1: Um, not no not really. Oh yeah? Not really. So when I um when I left high school mm-hmm. I was good at two things. I was good at English. Yes. And I was good at accounting. Oh okay. and when I um got into into university I was like looking at the options and wanting to see what are the options that would be benefit both these like things that I'm good at yes. or that I could benefit from and um, I chose the BCOM law option because mm. I wasn't too sure if I wanted to go the law route mm. or if I wanted the commerce route and I thought that would give me at least three years yeah. to decide. To decide how, yeah. 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 Wait, and, and uh, BCOM
0: law works like a BA law, right? So you do the first three years and then you finish off the LLB yes. and that's two, that's two years? two years. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah hopefully. <laughs> it, could turn, then, it could turn into an extra year and now you've been not campus for like a whole, whole, whole six years but I think that's such a uh, um, a great way to go uh, follow your law career because it does give you uh, time to decide and you might end up being, realizing I don't like law I'm yeah. not doing this exactly yeah. exactly I started with a BA law definitely dropped the law all <laughs> I just carried on with my BL. I was like, not for me. <laughs> exactly, it gives you options. It, it does. It options. does. I think even with some varsities now, you you can't even do an L. B. straight. With yeah, some varsities, yeah. y- you have to yeah. do the. BCom yeah. or BA route
1: and then go into. Yeah, do you think that's a good thing? It's advisable. It's mm. advisable. It allows you to see the world through a different lens than just law, right? Mm. So with law, obviously you're just reading judgments. You're learning about the law, how it operates in South Africa, how it's you know constructed, um, how it's executed. But with commerce or with BA, you get to see other angles yeah. in which you can see the law from, yeah. right? So a business angle, a political angle, um. uh, you know, socio-economic angle like you get to see the full picture Mm. and that's I think um, what the benefit is Mm. is that you get that Added advantage of being able to be diverse, yes. even in your arguments, right? Mm. Um, so when you do eventually graduate and you do become a lawyer, you can see things from a multitude of angles. Mm. So yeah, I would I would definitely um, advise yeah. <laughs> that someone do <laughs> a BCom law or a BA yeah. law or, or something else with the law degree mm. um, because it just benefits you right through.
0: Somebody once even said to me when I I, I think I, I d- been mentioning to her lawyer how yeah I tried to study law in first year but didn't work out, mm, left it, and they were like to me actually you'd find if you go back to Farsi now and you, you you try it again you might enjoy it now after all the work experience and yeah. all of that you might find yeah. the content a lot easier to grasp yeah. than you did back then. Yeah, It's exactly. always so interesting that it's never really too late to pursue uh, mm. <laughs> things that you want to <laughs> pursue right? Yeah. Okay so you've got some coasters in front of you over there I know you have no clue what is going on mm. I, I, I promise you it's not so bad underneath there. Okay. <laughs> I promise. When you were studying law and then starting your career did
1: you always know that this is the path that you'll take um health w- health rights well yeah so yeah <laughs> um how it worked out was that i finished my BCom, mm-hmm. and then i decided that actually i like law more mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and i studied um um uh, my LLB but while I was doing my LLB I was involved in all these um, societies and universities mm. and university that um, relate mainly to um, um, human rights. Yes. So the one that um, I was particularly fond of was legal activism and what we used to do is we'd go out into Joza which was which is a township in 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 Grahamstown or Makanda now mm-hmm. um, and we would um, train people and teach people about, educate them about their rights in mm. the constitution and just, you know, seeing people's faces just light up at the information and just um, understanding or just coming to, to to know about the entitlements that they have in the constitution, yeah. that's I think where the spark came from and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I spent a little time in corporate because, you know, um, uh i worked um for for uh, an a uh uh, firm, mm. um, they had paid for my some of my studies. Oh, so you had to so work that <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, and yeah, I mean, corporate was a, a good journey in the sense that it, it showed me I guess what I don't want to mm. do with my life. <laughs> and uh, just reinforced um, the the activism in me. Um, and I think when, when that came to life even more was um, 2017, a friend of mine moved to, Cape, fr- to from Cape Town to Johannesburg to um, um, start a chapter of this organization called Fun Learning for Youth, mm-hmm. um, and basically what we do is we go out into into the township, we go to Alexandra, um, um, and we. Uh, tutor mathematics to students there. It's three hours on a Saturday from 9 till 12. And, you know, I'd been lost in corporate. I'd been enticed by the money and all of it. And then I, my friend was like, don't you want to do this with me on weekends? And I was like, okay, cool. So we started doing that. And um, again that thing came back where I was like I love doing this mm. like I would literally look forward to Saturday mornings where I was like I'm driving to Alex from Pretoria I'm wow. driving to Alex and I'm going to see these kids they're so smart yes. you know and all they need is just that extra bit of like support, that extra bit of um, guidance in their education to be able f- for them to get into university mm. and, and change their lives. Mm. And I think from then I was like, you know what? I want to feel this every single day with my career. You yeah, know? I want to feel this in what I do, and that's why why I made the change. Um, it wasn't an easy ma- che- change mm. to make, but but yeah. It was done nonetheless. <laughs> it was done. <laughs> On that <laughs> note,
0: let's flip your first coaster, coaster number one. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say?
1: <laughs> purposeful work. And
0: that is exactly what you do. Your work is so purposeful, and it's also just been beautiful hearing what it took mm-hmm. to get you there. So for somebody that doesn't know what a health rights attorney does and what then work that you guys do... At the law centre, for example, what's, what's a typical day like? What, what are some cases, for example, that, that,
1: that, that you work on? yeah so I do I focus a lot more on sexual reproductive health rights Ooh. and as you said um, in the intro and um, a lot of that work entails um, the right to an abortion um, the right to contraceptive care um, yeah so um, I work a lot on that and you would be surprised because you know um, abortion is something that's legal in South Africa yeah but some of the people that I encountered don't know that it's legal mm. because of how um, they treated, yeah, because of how they treated in facilities, but also because of how um, prevalent those, you know, abortion um, safe abortion posters are in the in the black market abortions, mm. right? So people tend to think, oh, it must be black market because it's illegal to do it in a clinic, mm. right? And it's uh, you know they don't understand that it's actually. Their right, um, and so you know they face a lot of stigma. Women face a lot of stigma um, in 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 going to the facilities and trying to enforce this right, um, which is a a right that not only. St- speaks to you know health care access to health care but speaks to bodily autonomy and the Mm. right to do with your body what you Mm. want um as a woman and to decide you know um to have children not to have children to decide on the spacing of your children you know um and, and and contributes to various other things so so yeah so i would say i mean that that has been the one of the most purposeful work areas for me um we also work on um emergency medical services in the eastern cape we do a lot of work there um we've just recently um won a judgment in the high court on migrant health and and um access to to health care for children under the age of six um which are, are, are great wins i would so say so they wouldn't always if if they wouldn't always get access to Okay. No, no 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 in fact there was a, a circular that was published by the department of health in Gauteng, uh-huh. which basically um excluded um undocumented migrants um and and um um refugees from uh, from obtaining um, free healthcare, And that extended then to also pregnant women. Sure. So, you know, you'd be in labor and you wouldn't be able to get a bed at a hospital. Or they'd say to you, we'll give you a bed, but it's going to cost you 15,000 rand. What? <laughs> and I mean, you, you're you not, how, where how? are you going to get it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, a lot of these women were, were just ended up in in very horrible situations mm-hmm. just um, you know giving birth in in, in undignified yeah. manners um, and some of the children were also getting sick and then dying and without being able to be assisted sure. in fact the lead um, the applicant in our case or the lead um, 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 testimony that we used was of a, a boy a young boy who died um, he was two years old and he was denied access to health care you know two-year-olds do all sorts of things they're toddlers right Mm. Um, and he um, happened to ingest some rat poison at home and his parents rushed him to to the hospital and they were denied um, access to healthcare for him because he was um, the child of undocumented migrants Mm. and he died right there you know so just that kind of inhumane treatment Mm. because how do you let a child die um, when you can help them you know, um, so we fought for that, and we won. Um, and now, um, you know, as part of the judgment, the Department of Health has to even advertise that. Women, pregnant women, you can get help. You can get help. Yes. Um, lactating women, children under the age of six, you are entitled to help.
0: I mean, and and that's what I wanted to ask. Like, do you think sometimes the problem is misinformation? I, I think of uh, reproductive rights, right? And I think of L O in school and how that was taught in school. You look back and you're like, mm mm. <laughs> <laughs> ways we were taught certain things you know what I mean like uh, you, you were speaking about abortions earlier and access to that information people knowing that there are safe legal abortions in their hospital and mm. you don't have to go the back door route and whatnot do you think sometimes that's where the problem also um, yeah. stems from it's just like the misinformation
1: in school yeah maybe I don't pa- know part of it yes um and also I think um uh, just a matter of of um our communities and our societies being so um, um, conservative right so um, parents and their teachers who are their age mates don't want to talk to children about sex and they don't want to talk about the repercussions of um having unsafe sex and what is unsafe sex what's consent what's you know those things um and so you know as part of what the work that we do as well at section 27 is we go into schools and we um, teach children about um sexual reproductive health but obviously we have to work within the scope that the teachers and the school and SGB and, and the parents will allow. Yeah. So sometimes we can't venture into topics like abortion, we can't venture mm. into even topics like contraceptives. Yeah, no no, um. no, 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 not that part, not that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, um, it, it is sometimes difficult to get that information out there. Um, and, you know, last, uh, a, w- a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a meeting with uh, the MEC of Health in Eastern Cape and, you um, the the director of maternal child and health in the Eastern Cape Department of Health, um, actually said, you know, the the people that come to them for abortions the most are between the ages of twelve and fifteen. Sure. So, I mean and those that's the age group where you're still in school and you're reliant on your education to provide you with that information Mm. and if it's not because you know your parents don't want you to hear that kind of thing or the school is shying away from it then it just leaves you at it leaves you so vulnerable, mm. you know. Um, you are at a stage in your life where you want to explore your hormones are running wild. Um, you're a teenager. And that is the m- most crucial time when you need to get this kind of information, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the different types of contraceptives that are available yeah. for you. Um, and, and in the case that those contraceptives don't work, what is what are your options? Mm. And that information, sadly, sometimes isn't filtered through. Um, and yeah, and so we try different ways. We run campaigns that, you know, will target that, that, um, uh, particular audience, um, and we try to make sure that people know that we're there to assist um, when they can't access an abortion. And the way that we do that is, you know, um, through legal intervention. We are a law yes. center, after all. Yes. So if you are denied access to an abortion in the public health care sector, we will then intervene on a, on, a, on a legal basis. We don't always rush to court. So, what okay. we, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we try to, to reason. Um, yeah. We often write a letter letter of demand to the CEO of the hospital or um, sometimes to the to the director of, of maternal ch- and child health at the Department of Health and sometimes that does it you know sometimes just a letter of demand to say listen if you don't assist our client we will sue you then they say okay okay no uh, <laughs> we'll sort it out um, which, which is quite telling because that means that the resources were there yes. to help the person in the, in the first place and that um, you know th- they could have been helped without the whole intervention of like a whole section 27 intervening in this very private, very, um, you know, um, um, sensitive matter. But sometimes that's just what has to happen to to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. You do such
0: incredible work. My goodness. Let's flip your next coaster. Challenges Challenges. I mean We've we've spoken a little bit About some challenges In the work that you do What do you find Like are some of The biggest challenges That you come across I mean we We spoke about Access to contraceptives um, Abortion services You know Some laws that have Changed now And and, and that make it easier For people to even Get access to healthcare But what are some Of the things That you're seeing now And you're like This is urgent This needs to be solved And and, and soon What are some Of
1: those challenges that come to mind. Oh, they're many. Yeah, um, but what I would say would be. Um, part as part of my work area yeah um, the most urgent for me right now is oncology care in mm. in the province so currently we're sitting um, with about 3,000 patients who um, are in need of radiation oncology services and these patients have been waiting for over two years sure. and I think anybody who can appreciate um you know the the urgency of cancer treatment mm. can appreciate that two years is far too long yeah. to be waiting for that kind of therapy, and the reason they've been waiting is because there are no machines to help them, um, and there are very few radio um, therapists in the public healthcare sector to actually help them in Gauteng. Mm. and so um, I'd say that is one of the burning issues, mm. and you know this has been a burning issue since. Pre COVID. And, um, you know, the list has just been growing, and now we're sitting at 3,000 people waiting, oh. right? Um, and so last year we took it on and we um, started negotiating with the Department on how, of Health on how we can. Um, actually solve this problem. Um, We work alongside um, partners, you know, like the Treatment Action Campaign, Cancer Alliance, and Mm -hmm. this particular case was brought to us by Cancer Alliance. And, um, you know, they they broke it down for us in terms of, you know, how many machines are missing for what, for what kind of um, cancers, the different cancers at different stages. And um, we started then negotiating with the Department of Health. They established a task team, this is now the Department of Health, um, to assess um the the head of health to kind of solution through what could be done mm. with um with was cutting down this backlog list. And you know, we came up with a number of um, ideas and each of those ideas were cut down. So sure. we said let's triage the patients. Let's treat the like really, really, really sick people first and then we, you know, go mm. down the list. And they said, Well we can't do that because everybody's the sickest person. You've been waiting for two years for treatment that's ordinarily meant to take three, three to four months before you, you know, get it. Mm. Um, and you've been waiting for two years, so you're really the sickest person. We said, okay, how about the machines that you do have? You run them overtime. You pay people overtime. People come in, you know, right through the day, right yes. through the night. They said most of our patients are coming in with planned patient transport, so planned patient tra- transport ends at five o'clock. Um, and we have to take patients home. So, And we can't give them beds because we don't have enough beds at the hospital. Um, so that idea was out the window. And so we just kept going with like suggestion after suggestion on how to solution within the public health care yeah. sector. Then eventually we were just like, okay, how about you outsource these services to the private sector up until the time that you can manage the The, the amount of patients, yeah. yeah. How about you you know, make an arrangement, get a service provider in the private sector, pay them, get these people healthy, get these people, you know, the treatment that they need, and then you work on your issues. You um, buy the equipment that you need, you employ the people that you need so that we don't find ourselves in the situation again. And they said, sounds like a great idea. However, we don't have the, the money, money for The money, oh it. my word. <laughs> and the thing is, and this treatment <laughs> is a basic, right? Exactly. It's not a privilege. It's not. It's not. And it's urgent. It's urgent, uh, urgent uh. treatment. And so then we, we went and we approached National Treasury. We approached National Department of Health. We approached Gauteng Treasury. Um, and we asked for the money. We just literally said, please. <laughs> yeah please we need this money and they said we negotiated and and they said okay we can ring fence a certain amount to put these people in a private institution have them helped they in march this year they ring fenced an amount of 784 million rand Mm -hmm. to do this specific project Mm -hmm. and since then the department of health has done nothing with the money
0: they have sitting
1: there it's sitting there. they haven't appointed anyone to provide the services, and so for, th- for me, that is just telling of like just the the nonchalant mm-hmm. you know n- n- lack of care mm. um, because you your problem was that you don't have the money. And now the money is actually the there, but you're is, not appointing
0: yeah. people, you're not getting it done. Why these are very big challenges that you have in your line of work. they really
1: are yeah and so you know so now it's like you know so every time that a challenge comes up we try to like i said we work along the department we try to solution we try to assist um and another challenge comes up and we try to assist and another challenge comes up and eventually you know things End up in court because we've been trying. And not, so, oh, and so nothing. that's
0: essentially when you guys end up going exactly. to court now when
1: nothing's being done. Exactly, exactly, because you know we 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 also real, we're part of the system as well. Mm-hmm. We realize mm-hmm. how you know s- money in the public healthcare sector needs to stay in the public healthcare sector. It sh- shouldn't be going towards litigation. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be going towards you know all of these other things. But we're l- most of the time left with no. Other choice but to litigate. Mm. So, yeah.
0: You had won uh, a Million Guardian 200 Young South Africans Award this year. Congratulations! Thank you. That is that is such a big achievement. Uh, were you were you surprised when you heard the, because people don't know that they've been nominated. Right, how it works is somebody has to nominate yeah. you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, was that I like? was I was rather surprised. Yeah. And I, I was honoured actually. Mm. I was just I just yeah I didn't imagine um, that you know. someone would notice the way that I do and then also then just nominate you know so that was yeah that that it was a true honor and um I'm I'm completely grateful um but also you know I think it's a testament of the work that the organization Mm. does as well because um People at Section 27 only shine because of the work that we do, yes. right? And how impactful that work mm. is. And I mean, I don't know who nominated me, but. And you <laughs> never end up knowing. I, I think maybe there is a way to find <laughs> out. <laughs> I love that. I actually love that it's like
0: an anonymous uh, nomination. It's actually just really amazing. So yeah. There's this person around you that has nominated you for this big thing and yeah. you have no clue who it is. Look, I think, I, I think being recognized is absolutely important. Mm. I think it's amazing that you were recognized as, so congratulations on that. that. That is really one of the... Uh, I, Every single time the Maiden Guardian list comes out every year, I'm always just so fascinated at the amount of work people do. I'm
1: just like, wow. Yeah, it's got some great people. There. It really
0: does. It really does. Okay. Your next coaster.
1: Five second draw. Five
0: second rule. Oh, Are you very, uh, do, you, do you think very quickly on your feet? Oh,
1: um, for a lawyer actually no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's try. Let's see. I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. You have to answer them in five seconds. Okay. But they're questions about you. Okay.
1: Okay. 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 I'm
0: okay. not gonna quiz you, I promise. <laughs> Are you ready?
1: I'm ready as I can be. <laughs> okay, cool. Three things you never leave the house without. Um, my watch, my bottle of water and
0: Is that it? Yeah. What was your your third one? You can finish off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Watch Bottle of Water and Laptop. Funny enough, water for me is exactly that too. Like, I can't go anywhere without a bottle of water around Mm. me. It has to be somewhere in the car, in my bag, just somewhere. Otherwise, I won't survive the day. Yeah. I literally get into my car and I'm like,
1: why am I dehydrated? Yes. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, you do very important work. Very, very busy lady. But... What do you do for fun? Three things. Oh,
1: I spend a lot of time with my Uh kids. I have a book club. Oh, nice. I go hiking sometimes. Oh,
0: (laughs) I've I've been looking for a book club. Mm. Is Is it hard to stay dedicated to the book club once you're in it?
1: No, because people hold you accountable. Yes, yeah, a- that's the that it's like having a gym buddy.
0: Yes, you know, you know that I need to finish this yeah. book because the book club is meeting <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and how often do you guys meet? Once a month. We, yeah, we meet uh, once every two months. Okay, we we just, we're just, good. just so Busy. Yes. And it takes time sometimes to read the books. Yeah. And we try to read impactful books. Yes, you know so something that might change. And it's a it's a group of you know um, girlies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we try to read books that empower us both in our Personal lives and in our work lives. What's the latest one you guys are reading? Um, We were reading What Happened to You by Oprah. Oh. Yeah. That
0: is still sitting on my bookshelf. I haven't read it. It is. I got it as a birthday gift
1: last year. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Prepare to be triggered. That's the
0: thing. Like, I think that's exactly why I haven't started reading them. Last year September, it was bought for me, but <laughs> I haven't been able to open that book because it does seem like it's going to trigger me hard. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, my yeah. word. It's one of those where you just...
0: Balling you, your eyes yeah, out. you
1: just, am I okay? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, it, but it's a, it, I think it's really important to, as an introspective tool, mm. to kind of... Also, check in with where you are. Yeah. Um, and to forgive, you know, mm. instances in the past mm. of mm. things that have happened, traumas that have occurred mm. that have mm. um, maybe molded you or shaped you or put up help you know made you put up a wall yes makes you guarded in some Mm. way and so um it helps it helps in that way talk
0: talking about traumas and all that the work that you do you come across very heartbreaking stories Mm -hmm. you're 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 dealing with very heartbreaking cases um things that might not even be fixed in your lifetime Mm -hmm. right do you find that you need to debrief a lot with somebody else to help you kind of yeah manage the cases that you deal with because yeah. they're quite intense
1: yeah, yeah. no no we, and i mean i work for an amazing organization that provides that kind of support. okay so you know internally we have um you know we've partnered with a with a um an organization that does provide psychiatric help okay so the, you know, a psychologist, and you can go there and you can speak about yeah. the issues that you face. We can we sometimes have debriefing sessions as a team, mm. where we get to like cuddle as a team and cry yeah. about some of the the yeah. heartbreaking issues that we mm. face. Because it's never just you know it's never just about the issue that the person is bringing. Because everything is so you know um, layered. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just about the access to healthcare. It's about the poverty and about how yes. they've been failed in this way and they've been failed yes. in that way. And so you know that also triggers some some um, things in you yeah. um, as a person. So it, it can be a, a little bit depressing. Mm. Um, but we we have the support. You know, it's an organisation that provides support for its employees, and I think that that is a fantastic part. No, I think it's it. amazing. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean,
0: even the healer needs a healer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> Are you ready for your next coaster, my lady?
1: Yes, I am. All <laughs>
0: right, let's do this. Okay. Women. Iconic women and it's so funny that while the music's been playing we've been we've been speaking about our moms and we've been speaking about women who are some iconic women for you just women that you look up to or that you feel like have had a very strong and big
1: impact in your life Oof, um, so many mm-hmm. um, but if I were to have to like limited to three I yeah. would say my grandmother mm. she raised me mm. Uh, My mother Mm. and my current supervisor, Sasha Stevenson. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So like, and I, I think I've been fortunate enough in my life to be led and to be guided and to be guarded by women, Mm. by powerful women who, um, for whatever reason, just take an interest in me and, and, and help me. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. Um. So yeah. Oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> my, my because that's not always the experience
0: of a lot of, mm. uh, of women in, in at work or whatever mm. it is. You know, sometimes you're not even led by a woman at all. I mean, uh, by woman at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> Every that's... manager has been a man. Exactly. Or oh, you haven't come across people that are willing to help you. Yeah. But what do you think it is? Is it about us also, as young women? going forward, speaking up and saying, I need help
1: and identifying those women mm-hmm. in, a, in our spaces. I mean, do you think that helps? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think identifying the traits in a woman and, and saying, this, I want to be like this, mm. especially in this aspect, mm. whether it is work-life balance, you know, how does she do it yeah. with having a child and working? Mm. I want to learn from her mm. or, you know, she dominates in the boardroom. Like, mm. she is um, a powerhouse mm. in the boardroom and she She's surrounded by all these men. How does she do it? Mm. You know, um, identifying that one thing that you really want to learn and then asking that person, please would you share that with me? Um, And, you know, one, one of the other things that I think is so important is being able to learn from your age mates right so there's often this like you know um thing that that happens for some reason or another where we um become intimidated by our age mates we become um um you know we, we we don't want to ask for help from them um because she's doing something that i should be doing or you know she's maybe i'm 32 she's 28 and she's way above in her career than i was at that time and you don't want to ask for help because you you feel some type of way and uh, you know my experience has always been anybody and everybody and if that's a woman and they understand the female experience particularly the female experience of black and brown girls Mm. um and they're willing to help me I will take that help it doesn't matter how old you are um who you are what the color of your skin is if you are a woman and you understand the woman. A woman's experience, and are willing to help me, I will take that. I help. love that. Um, and it's it, and I think it's 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 about putting aside your pride, and it's gotten me so far. Yes, I think just I wouldn't, ask. Yeah, yes. I wouldn't be this far without it. Like I really wouldn't be this far without just every single step has been supported by. Oh, I can't think of anything in my career mm. where I have had a leg up. And it hasn't been a woman pushing me, Mm. you know, helping me, um, encouraging me, you know, even if it's saying my name in the right spaces, you know, um, saying my name in rooms of opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's always been a woman. Um, And that for me, I think, just speaks volumes about the female experience and how we can be, um, be, be, be um pillars for it for one yeah. another yeah and the society and right?
0: paying it forward for the next girl that's exactly. coming behind you exactly yeah. yeah exactly yeah oh i love that <laughs> mm. all right is this is your final coaster oh my word <laughs> all right final coaster let's do this Lessons in, in 60 seconds, seconds. Alright, Oh, I love this part So I'm going to ask you uh, I'm going to say a couple of words Keywords, and you need to tell me Some big lessons when it comes to That area of your life, okay um, And it's happening in 60 seconds And oh, it's like okay. a couple of words So give me like a short punchy answer answers. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Should we try it out? I'll try. Okay, cool. Lessons in 60 seconds. The
1: clock starts now. Biggest lesson when it comes to family. Um, always put your family first. They will always be there. Um, doesn't matter what. They are your blood. Yeah. They will be there for yeah. you. Yeah. Friends? Um, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. You are who you surround yourself with. Money? Um save as much as you can. <laughs> um, the now, uh, later always beats now. Oh, I like that. Mental health. Um, guard it, guard it with all your your might. Um, it is one of the most, it was one of the biggest assets that you have um, is your mental space. Mm-hmm. Failure. Is the, my gran used to say mm-hmm. you can never you can never fall further than the ground oh. there's always a limit to your failure and you'll always be able to get up from it oh yes I love that boundaries um, important yeah. very very important <laughs> 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 very important, they allow you to be in a good mental space to have you yes. know to, to 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 save your money to all these so other true. things. They stem yeah. from boundaries. Yeah, I've never thought from of it. that way. Yeah. And I struggle with boundaries still.
0: <laughs> working on it, working on it. My therapist is working very hard with me in these boundaries.
1: <laughs> okay, last one, love. Love. Um it comes in all forms and shapes and, 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 and sizes. Um and it can come from um, the most unexpected places but when it comes grab it oh. and and hold on to it oh. <laughs> I love
0: it thank you so much for joining me you've been absolutely amazing I think you're an inspiration the work that you do is absolutely incredible but also you're living such a beautiful balanced life which is just incredible thank you, thank you for having me Thank you. And good luck with all the work that you continue to do. I, it's, it's so important. It's so purposeful. It's so impactful and so intentional. Five Nights with Carabo on 5FM.